0: When was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair and settle in with your favorite refreshments and prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and this is another episode of Mommy Jamie's Night. And today we have a very special guest for you, and that is Jeanette Whitaker. And Jeanette is involved with Pilgrim Institute, and we're going to find out more about that. And that's pilgriminstitute.org. And you can also find her on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pilgriminstitute. And for those of you that are here live, we welcome you. We're at the MommyJammiesNight.com page. If you have called in ahead of time, uh, that's great. You can hear us live. And the best thing about Mommy Jammies Night is that you can listen to the replays. And so you can find us on iTunes. Um, as well as on the website at ultimatehomeschoolradionetwork.com and just look for the Mommy Jammies Night button or just go to mommyjammiesnight.com and scroll all the way down. Well, Jeanette, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, Felice. I am so blessed to be here tonight. It's just an honor to be talking to other homeschool moms and sharing a little bit of my heart. So my inspiration for what I want to talk to you about, which I titled You and Your Homeschool," well, that comes from my heart and from my ministry, and that was birthed by my family. So I'm here tonight sharing with you because of my parents, my family, and a ministry that they had a vision to start back in 1979. So back in that time, I was in junior high, and I watched the ministry get birthed, and our mission is to really share about America's biblical foundations. So I know that that's a difficult message right now. We see a lot of deterioration in our nation, but we're homeschool families, and we have our hope in God, and we're sharing with our family the truth, and and that's what matters. So I'm just looking forward to sharing some ideas with you. And I live now in northern Indiana with my husband and two teenage children. So that's interesting.
0: (laughs) That's That's um, great.
1: I know how it is with teens. So my son is now a sophomore in college, and my daughter is still in high school. So that keeps one foot in the door for me. And that's exciting. Good. Well, you go ahead and get
0: started with your talk. And then at the end, we'll see if there's any questions from our audience. And then I will um, share that uh, Party Favors link with those of you who are here live. And the show notes will be um, on the Mommy Jammies Night website. And the title of tonight's talk is Making Your Homeschool One of a Kind. So, okay, Jeanette, I'm going to sit back. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Well, as I mentioned, I'm just blessed to be here. And I really feel that God has led each one of us into homeschooling. And that looks different for all of us. So I think you can be thankful that your homeschool doesn't look exactly like mine and that mine doesn't look exactly like yours, but that we really take the time and the effort to put together the heart for teaching our children and so that's what i want to share with you and my inspiration for homeschooling really comes from my mom ruth smith and she sacrificed for our family growing up she always made our family a priority and it was especially true when it came to our education she was very dedicated to what we would be learning And she still is. She is still sharing truth and teaching families just like yours through our Pilgrim Institute ministry. I have two sisters, and each of them have their own role in the ministry as well. They've been helping since the very beginning. And of course, there are so many others who have encouraged me along the way. But when I thought about the opportunity that I would have to speak tonight on this radio broadcast online, my encouragement to say yes came because of other homeschool moms that I have sat across the table from over the last 14 years of homeschooling. It is so good to get together, and I know you're probably doing that tonight, and you're talking about things that you've been doing, maybe something enjoyable or interesting that happened Maybe something that you thought was very successful, and so you are just happy and you're celebrating that. But we also, as homeschool parents, talk about the challenges of homeschooling and the reality that homeschooling takes place because we're just ordinary moms, and we're enabled by the grace of God to do extraordinary things because He is able to do so much more than we could ever do on our own. So it's His grace that helps us to raise and to teach our children, to share with them what is going to make a difference in the world around them. So I hope this uplifts you. And as I thought about our topic and what I wanted to share, we talked about making your homeschool one of a kind and One of the thoughts in my mind was that as homeschool parents, we can fall into a comparison trap where we look around us at other homeschool moms, and my friend calls some of them overachievers, and they do really incredible things, and they're very highly energetic, and they multitask wonderfully, and they get a lot done. Well, that isn't who I am. And so my homeschool doesn't look like that. So I wanted to revisit that commitment that we have, that we homeschool as a family because of what God has called our family to do. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that what I was going to say fit in with the Mommy Jammies Night program. So I have to tell you, right away this confession of what I did I got on the website and I checked through the list of speakers that have been on this show before and I started to look at their photos and what they said about what they were going to speak and I started to scroll down the page and pretty soon I just stopped and I laughed at myself because I was doing exactly what I said this program tonight would be warning us not to do and that was comparing ourselves to other people and maybe that isn't as much of a temptation or sidelining event for you but it can be something that happens to me thanks to the Pilgrim Institute ministry I spent time watching homeschool families long before I was married long before my two children were born and it was so wonderful i went to homeschool conventions and i stood at the table in the convention hall and i watched these beautiful families come strolling down the aisles and they were just so pleasant to watch and they talked with each other and they stopped at the booths and i enjoyed seeing them and it was a just a wonderful opportunity that I was hoping perhaps I would be able to do someday be one of those homeschool families and then I had the chance to tutor some homeschool children and I taught homeschool classes and I so enjoyed all of those experiences. So in 1996, um, I was married and A year later, our son was born, well, just over a year later. So finally, the time came when I got to enter that homeschool world when he started kindergarten. And when that time came, I honestly had to consciously put all of those impressions out of my mind because I knew that if I compared myself to that picture that I had built in my mind, I would be discouraged before I ever even started. And I made that conscious effort, but sometimes I'm still tempted to compare myself to other people who do really great things. Some of them maybe raise a beef to feed their family. Um, we just had our first homeschool co op event of the year and a little boy showed the deer that he had shot out hunting with his dad. And that's not something our family has ever done. I had a wonderful friend who trained her family, a large family, to have their home company ready so that every time someone would come to the door, if they wanted to invite them in, the house would be neat and orderly. And if you came to the door tonight to my house, you would find Things on the table or lying around so my homeschool doesn't look like that and we have to find peace in that realization that God has called us to a certain place and it's our job to walk in the path that he leads us in. So one of the things that occurred to me over time as I sat across the table from other moms is that when we talk with one another sometimes we talk about the things that are very difficult or we talk about the things that we especially enjoy or that we've discovered and we know how to do something well and we can avoid that pitfall of comparison if we focus our hearts and minds on some biblical truths and The principle or the truth that I want to share with you tonight is something that in our Pilgrim Institute ministry we call God's principle of individuality. And that principle of individuality is all about how this incredible universe that God created is a reflection of Him. He is such an amazing, awesome, remarkable God and he created this universe and he did it in such a beautiful way that shows his infinity it shows his diversity that's our topic tonight the universe shows his individuality and i have taught this principle for the last many decades now And I recall teaching God's principle of individuality to a kindergarten student. And it came up as we were talking about counting. That's what some of you are doing right now. You're teaching your little children about numbers and counting and order. So I was talking to a kindergarten student, and he told me that he had gone outside looked up at the sky at night, and that he had counted the stars. And he was absolutely serious. And I just smiled on the inside, and I asked him, how many stars had he counted? And, of course, I don't recall what he said. But it underscores this principle of the infinity and the individuality of God. I am amazed. At the fact that every star that God created, at the clouds that we love to look at, every leaf on the trees, every snowflake, every blade of grass, every one is distinct, it's unique and it's one of a kind because that's how God made it and we're created in his image so we reflect his individuality. He embodies the perfection of this principle. He is eternal. He is the one and only God. He is able to do everything and to know all things. And when he created each one of us, he designed us to be just a tiny reflection of who he is. So each one of us is unique and one of a kind. Psalm 139 talks about that. It talks about how God designed each of us long before we were born. Don't you love to think about that principle with your children? When you see them, you see their distinctness. A friend of mine was thinking about this principle and her four children. So she created this chart that identified A column for each child and she put down traits about that child that showed the individuality and I loved it it acknowledged their God-given uniqueness it showed how special each child was and is it showed how valuable they are and isn't that important for them to learn I think we enjoy our children's God-given individuality as homeschoolers in a wonderful way. So we think about Scripture. We think about how God created us. And we, we take hope and confidence in knowing that God gave each one of us an individual purpose, that he is leading each of us, that he is directing us step by step to fulfill our purpose over the course of a lifetime so God's principle of individuality is a point that we rely on to give us leadership in our homeschool we know that God knows where he is leading us and we know that he's going to take us down the right path you know when you think about homeschool conventions today they are incredible and then you get on the internet and you search online and you find all of these choices, and personally, I find it overwhelming. I have such a hard time making decisions. And so what helps me to focus is to go back to my reason for homeschooling. And I'm pretty confident that you've thought about that. Maybe it's been a while. If you don't revisit that purpose, and calling every year, you probably want to go back to that. Think about why you homeschool. Think about what guides your choices in your homeschool. Are you tempted to choose many things because your friends are choosing them, or do you find the one that is a good fit for you as a mom, for each one of your children, for the way your family learns, What really guides that? And how do you ground those choices of what you're going to teach in God's word? Because to be honest, the curriculum that you end up purchasing is not as important as your own internal view, your philosophy, your way of thinking about education what it is that you want to impart to your children because that comes from your heart. Making that effort to teach principles that matter to you, to train your children to think and to cultivate character in their heart, in their life, that's what's going to last after every book has been closed and packed away or sold or whatever you do with all of that material. So I don't want to minimize the value of curriculum because we have a wonderful curriculum uh, for teaching history available through Pilgrim Institute, and it's called The Mighty Works of God. So it matters, but what really is of significance is to think about education and to ask God to lead you in the process. One of the tools that I use when I'm thinking about education is Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And I'm pretty sure some of you have that dictionary at home or you have gotten online and purchased it or you're looking things up. It's wonderfully accessible to you today. And here's why Noah Webster's definition of education is so important and so helpful He divides it up and gives us some elements to education that take us beyond the books, beyond the material, beyond what we put on paper. And he tells us four elements of education. So if you've read these before, you'll remember them. The first one is that education is about enlightening their understanding. And that is a beautiful thing. When a child is young, They are so enthusiastic about learning, about looking around them, discovering God's amazing universe, and they love to ask questions. They've been asking those questions since they could talk. They want to know why and how. And this is our opportunity to show them that everything about their subjects, about math, about history, about music, everything that we're learning originates in the character of God. Numbers are infinite. That's what I talked about with my kindergartner. Numbers are infinite because God is infinite. And I don't have to tell my kindergartner the word infinite, but we can still talk about numbers going on and counting, and they never stop. Because God is infinite. He has always been. He always will be. And that opens up their mind and their heart and their thinking to trust Him and to believe in Him. We can think about every subject having order because God is a God of order. So when we're teaching our children making your homeschool one-of-a-kind. We aren't just learning information. We're letting God show himself to us through what we are learning today and tomorrow and the day after that. And we'll never stop. The rest of our lives we'll be learning about him. And it's true for us, whether it's geography or geometry whatever it is. In history, the Mighty Works of God curriculum that we share, we talk about God's plan, about his provision, about his purposes. Our theme verse for the curriculum is from Psalm 78, and it talks about how we will set their hope in God. We want to see how has God worked in the lives of the people that we're studying. How does he want men to be governed? We want to know what is liberty? How did we have liberty in our nation? How did it come to be? How important is it for us to know these things and to learn to govern ourselves? So enlightening their understanding in your homeschool with your children is going to be an interesting discovery you're going to find out things that interest your children and you'll pursue them eventually as your children grow and become ready to learn and read on their own you'll be going to the library and you'll be finding books about the things that interest them so I recall taking my children to the public library over the years, and I knew every time we went through the doors exactly where my son would want to go to check out books. And he went to a section of the library that I would never have explored. I love literature, and I love history, and he had a whole new passion and love that he pursued. So enjoy that. That's God's principle of individuality. And I think you'll find it very um, meaningful and rewarding to see your children grow and develop according to their passions. So the first part of the definition of education is enlightening their understanding. And that is so obvious for us. Just think about this. As you make your choices what is it that you can share with your student your child that will encourage them to love what they are learning I find it helpful to talk about interesting incidents or examples of our subjects or just find something that will Draw them in, because if they can learn to love learning, they will learn always the rest of their lives, and that's something that you want them to do. Make sure that you're helping them to see the why or the reason for the subject and how this subject is so useful and enjoyable. Take them back to scripture and let them find in scripture that this subject originates in the character of God. And we have some tools through our ministry that can help you to do that. So the second element of Noah Webster's definition of education is a little more difficult maybe than enlightening their understanding. And the second part is correcting their temper. We talked about every child being one of a kind and unique. They each have their own personality. They have their own qualities of character. And they all have to be cultivated to become what God wants them to be. So when I think of correcting their temper, I think about the goal of individual, personal self-government. That goal is very important. In fact, self-government is the title of the first book in our history curriculum, The Mighty Works of God. Our goal in our homeschool as a family is to be intentional about the heart of the child about cultivating their conscience that's what deuteronomy 6 admonishes us to do that every day as we walk through the day and we do the activities that our family does we're cultivating a sense of responsibility a sense of right and wrong of ownership for their actions of doing what is right on their own and that's where your own personal system of home management and discipline comes into play, and I think all of us do that in different ways. Some of you are super organized and have charts on the refrigerator and have wonderful systems in place that run very efficiently and a routine that helps to free you every day to accomplish your to-do list. I do that just a tiny little bit, but I still have a lot of flexibility in my schedule, and we have quite a few activities that we do in the course of a normal week. So in the midst of that flexibility, I have to try to get some order. And one of my ways of doing that is to write down a list of jobs for that day for that child. And I have done that for a long enough period of time that it. It is part of our routine. And I still write them, or now I can dictate to them to my daughter, and she can write them down. Well, a few years ago, I needed to get the lists written, but I didn't get them done. And in the course of the day, I realized I hadn't made a list, and I looked around and discovered that even without that written list of responsibility, my children had done the chores that they knew they were supposed to do anyway. And that was a wonderful blessing to me. That work had become part of their routine. They knew what needed to be done, and they did it. So think about your home management for your family. Think about what makes the most sense for your lifestyle for your children for their personalities they're each individual and they have traits that lend themselves that are strengths that you want to encourage and foster and you want to benefit from them so enjoy that process and there's a great deal more to correcting the temper than just home government and home management but that's part of it It develops their character and it builds in them the sort of person that they are going to become as adults. So your homeschool is going to be dictated by your family, by your purposes and goals, by the work you do as a family. You'll be learning along the way and it might be in a very structured manner it might be sitting on the couch together reading books because that's a great way for your children to learn and in addition to what we've talked about with their understanding and correcting their temper Noah Webster adds another component to education and he tells us that we want to form the manners and the habits of youth And that's really something we've already talked about a little bit. What you teach, though, your curriculum and how you teach it actually forms their character. It instills in them some expectations and some requirements. It helps them to know what they should be doing. It allows them to see by watching your example how they should be conducting themselves. That's a a really important responsibility that we have as homeschool parents. We're showing them by what we do and how we do it, the process by which they should be growing in their maturity. We're showing them how to be wise, how to grow in grace, how to become more and more like Christ through their daily walk. And they're going to spend the rest of their lives in walking in that relationship that they're building now with God through Christ. They're walking out their relationship and their faith with one another. So that is a a big responsibility that you want to be thinking about. What is on your heart? And how are you expressing your love for God and for one another by the things that you're saying, by incorporating scripture into what you're teaching, and honestly, by the very choices that you pursue in your daily life and your homeschool? So if you think about academics and you think about forming character, you can honestly ask yourself a question. Do my academics fall into the category of forming the manners and the habits of my children, or do I need to have a separate time where I'm teaching that? And the answer to the first question is absolutely yes, that what you're teaching and how you are teaching is definitely building their character, it's building their thinking, and it's not just focused on academics knowledge or learning so if you invest some time in your own views in your own thinking about education if you really look closely at your curriculum look for the principles and the heart inherent in what you're teaching and be selective about what you choose and then also be selective about how you go about teaching it Because if there's something you want to share that's not in the textbook, of course, find a way to share it. Make sure that you're building habits within your children that require them to think, that require them to understand not just what you've learned, but how it works together, why it's true, And we call those the principles of the subject. We teach a lot of information to our children, and there is really no way that they could remember all of it. Some of them do a great job at remembering a great deal of it. I recall talking to a high school student and marveling at the information that he could recall quickly and easily on the topic of history. And I just asked him, how did you learn that? And he so matter-of-factly answered me, I read the book. And I just had to smile because he learned so easily and he recalled it. And it's not always that easy for all the rest of us to remember all of the things that we've learned. But if we reinforce principles, the way things work, the how and why of a subject, they will remember that long after they've forgotten some of the details. So as we think about making your homeschool one of a kind, you're thinking about what God has called you to. You're thinking about your children, their own unique identity and individuality. You're thinking about yourself. You might be feeling inadequate to be teaching your children. But you can be confident that God is more than adequate and that he will give you the wisdom he will give you the strength he will provide for this day this hour of your teaching he will get you through the week and this year all the way to the rest of your life and that is what gives us hope the last part of Noah Webster's definition of education the last element focuses on the individuality of your child. Noel Webster admonishes us that our education is going to fit them, prepare them for usefulness in their future station in life. So just think about that and let that sink in a little bit. As you look at your children, do you really know their future station in life? Especially when they're very young, preschool, and as they grow, you may not know specifically what it is that God has for them to do. Often we don't know. Sometimes we have hints or we have ideas about what it might be. And so we definitely want to pursue those and cultivate their learning in those fields. If they have a bent toward science or technology, if they look like they could become an engineer, then we're going to want to encourage and foster that, maybe find activities that build on that inclination. In the end, though, I think we'll see that No matter what we think our children might do as adults, God will most likely work through their life in a way that we really never could have imagined. So what will will be the best way that you can prepare your children to be ready for their future, whatever that station is in life that God has planned for them? Make sure that your children have learned how to learn. We start from the very beginning learning how to learn, and we keep building that in them. And gradually, they rely less and less and less on us for their learning, and they become more independent, able to research and study things on their own. And as they do that, they can pursue their passions. In addition to having learned how to learn and not depending on you to help them find the answers or guide them at each step in the process, they need to become independent thinkers. They need to be able to process and analyze, draw conclusions. They need to be able to think from cause to effect they need to look around them at what's happening and they need to discern in the articles in the newspaper or what we're hearing on the radio what's really at stake what are the views that are behind the talking points that they're hearing in the world around them in order to do that they need to be grounded in God's Word They need to be conscientious. They need confidence in their relationship with God. They need to trust Him to guide them. They need to know that He is going to provide for every need that they have because you have talked about that in your daily routine of learning and of life at home. You have acknowledged where you need help. You've asked God for help, and then you have looked back and thanked him for what he has done. They need a sense of responsibility for themselves as individuals. They need to really come to understand that education is their responsibility, that it is their job to learn. You're there to teach them and to help them, but they have to accept the learning and want to learn and take it to the next level. They want to be passionate about their home and their family, about their church and how they serve in their church. And I would really encourage you to prepare them to be responsible for our communities around us, for our local city and our county, for what's going on in our own state, and definitely for what we see going on in our nation. Our nation is so needy today. We need young people. We need adults who reflect the light of Christ, and they are equipped to exercise leadership. And I I know some of you have seeing your children graduate and go on to pursue their calling. And so I hope that what I've talked about has prompted you to think of ways that your own children have lived out these ideas and principles. So the purpose of our talk tonight is to consider how you make your homeschool one of a kind. It starts by knowing that your family is unique that it's made up of distinct individuals. And just be confident in knowing that your homeschool should look like what God wants your homeschool to look like, that it fulfills a purpose that he has for you, that he is leading you on a path. When you have that sense in your spirit that you need to look into a certain a topic, a curriculum, a book, whatever the resource might be, be sure you listen to God's leading in your life. And enjoy the wonderful families around you. They are God's blessing to encourage you, to help you, to lift you up when you're discouraged. But they're not there to imitate. Be focused on who God is and who he created you to be. That's what makes our world beautiful, when individuals live the lives that God has called them to live. So we're valuing God's principle of individuality because it sets us free from the traps of thinking that all of us look alike and our children will think alike And learn alike. It takes our focus off of ourselves and it causes us to look at God and find our peace and our joy and our fulfillment in Him. I hope that something that I've shared with you tonight has been meaningful. It's been my pleasure just to picture you sitting around a table sharing your stories and talking with one another and i definitely want to keep this conversation going through the online avenues and the social media so i hope you'll take the opportunity to connect with us sign up for our newsletter and i think you're really going to enjoy the free download that we're sharing for those of you who are here tonight live on mommy jammy's night so felice thank you for sharing this uh, oh, opportunity yeah. with me.
0: Thanks so much, Jeanette It was wonderful, and I was sitting here. um I'm at the end of my homeschool journey, but I was still taking notes because that's how I learned best by writing it down. And and uh, you had so much great information there, and I'm sure it was it was really helpful to our listeners. So thank you. And I want to invite our listeners um to check out Pilgrim Institute, and that is um, just as it's org and also um, follow on Facebook at Pilgrim Institute and there is a link um, for the newsletter and we'll have that in our show notes um, under this uh, podcast which is on MommyJammiesNight.com, making your homeschool one of a kind and uh, there are a few questions here one was on um, your books what ages are they for The
1: Mighty Works of God series is for elementary children. So there's a wonderfully engaging reader. The first one is called Self-Government, and it is designed for children who have already learned to read. So beginning in first or second grade is the best level for book one, which is called Self-Government, and it starts with simple... Vocabulary in the beginning of the book and then move them through because they're continuing to build their reading skills and it is elevated toward the end of the book. So book one would be first and second grade. Then you would follow with book two is Liberty and Justice for All. The third one is Divine Providence. So that would take you up to third or fourth grade. And then the next book coming out shortly will be called self-government with union so it will eventually the series will cover all six grades of elementary school the great thing though is that what we're sharing in the mighty works of god is a sequential study of history looking at god's hand in history and the principles that i've been sharing tonight of individuality and self-government and the reasoning um, and those are all things that we've been teaching in the Pilgrim Institute ministry. My mom has been teaching since 1979. So even for a junior high student or a high school student that would be willing to dig in and bring home some of these treasures, they can learn from these, this material as well. There's a wonderful teacher's guide that provides Resources, activity pages, discussion, questions, everything you need to make it a very rich study. So the ideas are there for adults to learn right along with their children.
0: Very good. And in this time, um, especially in our political climate, um, I think everybody is just astounded uh, by what's happening. We're, We're kind of like speechless. Speechless, to say the least. Um, yes. Um, you know, I think it's so wonderful to have this good good foundation. Um, so a, a couple of um, really encouraging words. Thanks so much, Jeanette. That was awesome. And thank you, Jeanette, for taking the time to bless us with encouraging words and your experience. So just a couple of little shout-outs from, from the people um, that were listening tonight. And a question. Um, I want to help our kids to get more involved in the local, city, and state. And I think she means government. Um, mm-hmm. How early on um, did you do this, Jeanette, with your children, and does uh, she have any ideas
1: for how to go about this? You can get started definitely by high school uh, being involved in political campaigns. I recall in my own high school years, Uh, passing out flyers for candidates and in fact I'll tell you a fun story I did a phone bank as a high schooler and we were calling voters and I happened to be calling relatives who recognized my voice and they hung up on me because they thought it was um, a joke so have fun with that But right away, I know I've seen families go out as families, and if you're with your children, they definitely can walk with you, go to um, your local candidate's office, get involved in campaigns, and definitely start reading the newspaper, junior high, upper elementary, be listening. Because if you teach them to think for themselves, they will be discerning about what they're hearing.
0: I think that's great. I just did um, an entire podcast on on encouraging your kids to think and make right decisions. That's the second part of it Um, because sometimes our kids do think, but we wonder, what are you thinking (laughs) or why are you thinking that, you know, but, um, you know, that's like one of my soapbox things uh, especially as homeschoolers it's something that we can encourage and give our kids um, the ability to do that so um, all right let's see and then there was another comment here and it said um, you know thank you um, again but it said I love the focus on allowing our children to be an encouragement to us versus imitating us and then she gave you a little heart um, there so I thought that was sweet. Um, I think that's it for the questions, uh, Jeanette, and I appreciate uh, your patience when we had um, a little bit of difficulty there at the beginning, but we were able to overcome that, so that was great. And uh, so appreciate you taking the time out to join us and, um, you know, appreciate your heart. And, you know, I've met a new friend. I. I hadn't met you before, so hopefully our paths will uh, cross someday in real life. So thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye. Thank you. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us.